0: It was a total wood block, so don't get thrown off Yeah, don't get thrown off um, But uh, welcome to episode 27 of Red River Podcast Hi And uh, yeah, today we have our first First I don't know what took us so long I think we needed to get like all the dick jokes out of the way <laughs> And like all the lowbrow stuff So now we could definitely <laughs> You
1: could still do those though. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: good yeah. um, So today we have Dana Giraldi Travers
1: Yeah, hi Thanks for having me First of many females
0: Definitely. I talked to my friend Michelle and she, she, man, same thing. She she wanted to be on and at the moment she like books all the stuff over at the Bolton Center in oh, cool. Bayshore. So she's super cool and she's like a big hair metal fan. So I'm trying to like kind of like guide an episode through that stuff. So, But uh, today we're going to talk to Dana and she is the head founder, CEO, the CEO. Founder, CEO, yeah. Big Picture Media? Yeah. Thanks okay. for
1: having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Thanks for doing it, because I know it's pretty hectic. First of all, you don't live in New York anymore.
1: Kind of, still.
0: Kind of. Yeah. I mean, the business is here. I go back and here. forth, yeah. yeah. And today is uh, February 3rd, and today is your husband, Yeah. our friend Paul, sitting over there on the couch, his reunion show for his hardcore band. From yeah. Boston
1: Which is awesome And everyone always thinks I know a lot about hardcore Because I'm married to him And I don't know anything It's really funny Yeah,
0: like when Parker Was just asking you About certain bands And I was like I, I was don't like, think she knows <laughs> <this>
1: <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know anything About horror movies either I'm afraid of everything yeah. And I and scary music scares me So, yeah
0: What was the last horror movie That you saw? Uh, Old 37 well, uh, yeah, Probably I mean, No, I
1: saw um <laughs> It Follows What do you think about that? It scared me A lot
0: Okay, but a very atmospheric movie
1: hmm I'm afraid of the woods I'm afraid of abduction I'm afraid of being home alone I'm afraid of ghosts things that jump out I'm afraid of everything so okay I'm the best horror movie person Fan. yeah because I mean we went to the movies once, and I actually was the girl who threw my popcorn in the air because I jumped so high and I scream and I cover my eyes and and when we first started dating 15 years ago, I would go because I, you know, it's just what you do. But now I, I try not to go.
0: Well, and it's funny because like knowing him for so long, like that our connection besides music is definitely horror.
1: Yeah. But I think that's why we're a good pair.
0: Yeah. But w- what happens happy. when you're sitting at home and, and he wants to watch like Saw 7?
1: I just work. <laughs> I just work. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a huge TV person believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's not productive. Like I, I would rather like do something that's like, you know, I like to laugh. I'm more of a comedy person because I think people can watch horror movies and walk out of the theater and go on with their lives. I take it on, I take it with me and I dream about it. And then it's, um, if I'm alone, I'm looking around, like I'm, uh, I'm I can't easily shake things. You Did know? you
0: watch, you know what I really loved? uh last year uh the big sick did you see that one it's a like
1: yeah uh kumal yeah 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 i love him
0: wasn't that great
1: yeah that's not really a horror movie though no
0: no no i'm talking about just like something oh, okay
1: different. i was like wait am i <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah the big six seven
1: <laughs> yeah a <laughs> wife like yeah. died yeah no uh, yeah
0: but i i thought that was great yeah it, and that was like a dramedy because it, the movie was super funny it had a lot of funny parts. It was a true story, which yeah. I thought was amazing. I didn't yeah. know that till after, and I, I, I Googled it, and I was like, wait a minute. All this stuff happened, and this is how he really met his wife? What a story. Um, and Lady Bird was another movie that I thought was So amazing. good.
1: I like that one, too.
0: And what, what did you like about it? Because I, I have my own thing.
1: Um, I liked that it was like a female coming-of-age movie that didn't really involve like a dude. Okay. Like, I mean, it kind of did like, but, but she was like, she had big dreams and she wanted to break out of her small town and, you know, follow her heart. And she was different than the rest. And I she, she was
0: like dead set on leaving.
1: Yeah. Which right? I get. Yeah. I mean, we grew up here and Long Island's a great place. And I loved, I loved growing up here. I loved going to high school here. I went to college here, but I, I mean, I could not get to the city fast enough. Like I was running away.
0: I feel the same way. And it's funny because I just, I never left. <laughs> but like in my head I try to spend as much time out of Long Island as possible yeah I was just
1: so afraid of getting stuck I was so afraid of just like and I never was that girl but I was so afraid like you know early on I when I mean even before Chili's I worked at Applebee's and I had already got my associate's degree and I was like climbing the ranks at Applebee's I started as a host and then I was a expo and then a waitress and they wanted to make me a bartender and I wanted to leave to go back to college and my dad was like well you could be a manager one day why would you leave? You could be a manager at Applebee's, and I was like, I want more from my life, you know. So shout I was out, shout
0: out to your dad too, Cyril. Uh, he rules. He hopefully, he's doing good. He's
1: awesome. Yes, I mean, he's he d- whether he knows it or not everything that I've done is like, because of him, because he, we are the same person. Like he had his own business. He supported his whole family. Not that I support my family, but, um, Yeah. I mean, I do actually <laughs> mostly, but, um, but no, he, I am my dad and I get my work ethic from him for sure. And he's feeling great. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Being stuck somewhere. And it's funny. Cause like how are our, our personalities? Like when, when I think about, like when I thought about like what we were going to talk about and, and like how different our personalities were, Um, I think you took more chances, you know, so when you were doing your thing at Chili's, me and Paul would walk in and we were just like so focused on the band and Mm -hmm. like, I guess the moment. And a lot of times, like in 39 years, I could look back and, and say that I didn't really take enough chances. But I don't think it's in me. I don't think that's what it is. Like I had a friend just recently offer me a job in L.A., because she work, she's like a, the head of like A&R operations for Epic Records. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm like, that sounds like a fun job. She's like, come to LA. She's like, work for me.
1: Yeah, what have you it, got to lose?
0: <laughs> I, well, FOMO. FOMO of, of like, you know, like I'm so entrenched in like my band, my pod, like things that never make money, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I'm happy earning my, my you know, mid-level paycheck and the arts – and the, the the stuff that I love to do, I just could never say goodbye to it, to my own death. But what
1: makes you feel like you couldn't do that there?
0: Because at, at 40 years old, I'm going to be 40 in two weeks. Happy birthday. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. I'm going to be 40 in two weeks, and it's just, I don't know. I think it's just, it is what it is it's now. It's not now. too late. It's Listen, I love my life. I yeah. love it. I want to... Fuck my wife. Uh, my life. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. Watch, Hang on a minute. Life. Are I you married on a second. I love <laughs> my... family show. I love my life. Looking at certain things where it's like, I feel like music and movies were such an important part of my life that I feel like if I had to do it over again, I would somehow, you know, probably when you were going to school, I'd be like, oh, let me see what is up to. <laughs> but me, like, I was just content but I
1: feel the same way I feel like I wish I would have moved to LA younger because when we moved to LA we had a six-month-old and I was already 32 and we were I would, I would look at everyone and be like, wow, these people are going to college with the ocean right there. They can surf. I, I, you know, Things that I didn't get a chance to do because I was so focused on my business. And my business was my baby before I had a baby. And then I had to figure out how to incorporate my actual baby into my business baby. And that was a real struggle for me. But like, I do wish that I had a little bit less, um, like I envy the California lifestyle. And I envy- What is it
0: about that lifestyle?
1: Because they're really carefree and they don't, pressure in themselves. And they, it's almost like they're, they have, uh, like I had really hard time finding people with solid work ethic out there. Like when we started the company out there, because it's like the sun shining and you just want to be outside and be, you know, more free spirited where I'm just like nose to the computer, grind, grind, grind. Like I wish I could be like, Oh yeah, I'm my own boss. I've never taken a day off to just like do nothing ever.
0: Yeah, it's, Ever. it's almost harder to do it at that point when you're your own boss because it's just your, this is your baby. This is it, you know, like you're, yeah. you gotta, no one, it's not like you're gonna pass the ball to someone. And I'm sure you have a team of, mm-hmm. of people that, that work for you. Yeah, and
1: they're awesome. Yeah. But I also, I have friends who have started companies that they they start them for the wrong reason. And they start work at noon and they day drink and And i like, to me, that's like so Shout out to those guys that are probably drunk right now. (laughs) Nice. How's it going? (laughs) (laughs) And I, I never, I never, I'm the, I always say I'm the worst boss I've ever had because I'm so hard on myself, you know? And I, I, I also was really never afraid to fail because I knew if I did fail, I would just like pivot and try something else. So that in regards to taking chances, I'm, I'm always like, yeah, why not? Just is that
0: is that your upbringing like? Were your parents like super like involved in your life? Because I had no one. <laughs> oh, Sam!
1: Sam needs a hug. No, tell me.
0: No, I need a um,
1: hug. No, yeah, we were. My family is incredibly close. Like we you know they've probably texted me 12 times since the podcast has started so are they
0: they gonna come see paul sing hardcore music yeah
1: everyone (laughs) they all are they're all coming yeah Yeah, Uh, not my parents you
0: better not fuck up (laughs)
1: because they're watching my kid but um but no my family is is very supportive and Were,
0: were they uh like shocked at the uh Accent that Paul had at first, you know. Oh yeah, he
1: walked in because he was my brother's friend, <laughs> so that's oh, really? how he got into my family.
0: Oh wow, and I, that's not good because you know my brother. Yes, yes. he's great he's now, great and now, I love yeah.
1: you, Chris. He's sober like three I remember. Years, but
0: I feel actually I'm not even gonna say it, but I was gonna say I think I could edit. You it can say it. I could edit it out if, <laughs> if <laughs> you I'm can wrong. say it. But I, I think he came to see my band play at the Break House the first night that he went on a date with his wife.
1: Oh, Ashley! Yes, yeah. okay. Oh, cool. I think
0: that's what it was. Cool, so. that's awesome. And if it's not, I'll get clarification. Which band? <laughs> Plaindun. Oh, cool. The only, Got The Got it. Carlos Danger stuff still going on, but <laughs> but uh, growing up was like music, like always, like a big thing for you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, my brother was always really musical. Like always, was in bands, and and Chris is older. Chris is older. Yeah, he's um, he's four years older than oh, me. Yeah. Um, oh, so that's good.
0: So he has all the entry.
1: Yeah, but he was goth. Like, he was industrial. He was, like, in that crazy band terminal so terrible and music. yeah so he thought that my music choices were so pathetic and he would make fun of me so bad because i loved pop punk and all that stuff and he would just be like it's so cheesy it's so generic and it's so lame and i'm like you're wearing tights like okay like let's yeah, yeah. all this like take a moment <laughs> here but he uh, <laughs> sorry bro skinny puppy sucks <laughs> yeah. it was like came hey, after yeah like yeah. i just bio i just remember his stickers but he did take me to my first concert that i ever went to which was uh green day
0: Okay, that was my first concert.
1: Yeah, and I, we, uh, it was an Ness Coliseum and the, um, like, hockey rink, we were, like, sitting in the bleachers, like, around the hockey rink and when the lights went down and without telling him, I just, I rushed and I jumped it and I, like, ran into the pit like an idiot and, um... (laughs) and he was he chased after me and the guard stopped him and he's like I have to get my little sister she just ran in there so they let him and then i was like i want to go to the front and he like put his arms around me and like barreled through the crowd and got me to the front yeah. and <laughs> then i got kicked in the face and got my glasses broken Oof. and then i had a panic attack passed out and got crowd surfed to the front and woke up like in the hallway like and he's like, what the fuck, Dina? And yeah. I was like, I don't know what
0: happened. Was it's that the, the last show he took you to?
1: Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah first and last, but
0: my, yeah. My my sister wanted to go. I don't know why because she didn't listen to Slayer. But one day she's like, I want to go to Slayer, and I was like, Uh, okay. So we all went to the Roseland, and that was her first show, and it was like m- mayhem. And like the biggest dude there, shout out to Matt Mulligan, was like watching over her, and he was just like, he's like the size of like this hotel room <laughs> Eddie was like pushing people out of the way why she wanted to go maybe she wanted to have some sort of like connection with us or whatever you yeah. know it was like a, a little sister that type thing but um it was just funny that she chose slayer i'm like are you sure you don't want to go see like i don't know anything else besides no. slayer <laughs> so but um do you remember I've what What do you think about green day now
1: um i mean i've followed them throughout their entire career I saw them on Broadway like when that, I saw Billy Joe I did get to meet Billy Joe I did an event um, we did press for an event called Vh1 decades rock Live and it was a tribute to Elvis Costello so it was oh, so Billy cool. Joe um, the dude from Death Cab
0: yeah yeah uh, Ben Gibbard yeah
1: and Fiona Apple all singing elvis's songs yeah. and it was like such a big day for me because i love fiona apple i love billy joe and i like went out and bought a dress and and i got to meet him and and i mean the dress story is kind of irrelevant but fiona apple like crushed my heart that night because she looked at she was like coming upstairs to vip and i was standing at the top of the stairs of my dress that i bought for her and she looked me up and down and went oh, i already want to leave this place looks awful
0: wow and i was like cool. no And
1: I yeah, uh, she broke my heart. I couldn't listen to her for like two years, but Billy was very nice and I told him I tried to tell him everything that he meant to me. and He was really sweet. He kissed my hand. I met his wife
0: Do you think it's just because like people like that come from like such a punk background that they're not, you know grounded in like bullshit? You know, like they come from just like this as far removed as they are now from it. Right. But I feel like when you grow up like that, you know, you're not like an automatic star. Like those guys probably played shitty shows for like six years. Oh, yeah.
1: I believe that and I, I actually see it in my bands like my bands that were not manufactured that's actually did the climb and like had a trajectory and started small and now they're big like I see them with their fans all the time and I'm like you're awesome because I I a I am a fan of your music but I've, I've also been this girl like eh, you know and, so. I,
0: and I think the 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 bands that we looked up to like at the age that you know that young age like man I I never had the pleasure of meeting many people but like I would be kind of bummed there was one time and just recently and it's funny because I was like old <laughs> and I met the dude from Sam I Am once and, and you love uh, him and um I, don't know, I was, know you
1: love him Paul yeah, has mentioned that yeah before. I'm like
0: he's he was kind of I mean I guess he's kind of awkward to begin with but I felt weird <laughs> I was like I'm gonna fanboy on this guy no one else and nobody <laughs> better be, be looking and yeah he was definitely a little standoffish and I was just like oh
1: it's okay though. They, ex- I think they expect it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm a, a huge comedic fan, so I got to. Um, I had Dustin from Thrice on, Leno or Letterman, and uh, and Jim Carrey was a guest. I lost my shit. Yeah. I, I was shaking. I, I could barely talk to him, and and all, even Thrice being on the show was like such a big deal. And I didn't. I mean, I cared, but like, I once I found out it was him, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, who else have I been? Uh, well,
0: the, the the comedian Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd's huge for me. You want to know why? First of all, Clueless. Mm
1: -hmm. Clueless, He looks the same. Never ages. Clueless
0: is the best movie ever. I could quote it all day long. And you want to know what? Do you remember Halloween 6, Paul? Yeah, he's in it. So Paul Rudd is in Halloween 6. And like, man, if I ever get a chance to talk to that guy, that's all I'm going to talk to him about. I'm going to be like, you were Josh and Clueless. And you were fucking in Halloween six. That's all that matters. That's it. And I thought role models was good too. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah,
1: I love him. And I was so nervous that I, I, we were at Sundance and we had a client that was in like the Hollywood Reporter like suite to get her makeup done and, and I heard him talking. I heard his voice behind me and I and I looked at the girl that worked for me. And I was like. Is Paul Rudd standing behind me. She was like, but the exact same thing happened 15 minutes prior with Zoe Deschanel, behind her, and she freaked out because she loved her. So I got to get a photo with her and Zoe. So then she was like, you have to let me do this for you, and and I could barely talk to him, and I my heart was racing. He was like, are you okay? And I was like, look, and I and I grabbed his hand. And I put it on my neck so we could feel my heart racing. And he was like, oh, my God. And he like sat me down. He's like, are you OK? And I was like, I'm so I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. I was so embarrassed. What's but.
0: your favorite uh, Paul Rudd uh, <laughs> acting role? Uh,
1: I love Roma. I love I love him in everything. Cool.
0: But I, role models was especially good.
1: I love I love um, I love the scene where she's like, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Like everything with the hot dog like she I love that movie. I <laughs> yeah, love it.
0: It's really good. Um, and then Zoe too. I just watched Five Hundred Days of Summer last yeah. night for like the hundredth time, and it's—I genuinely think it's w- probably top twenty, top twenty movies of all time for me, and top five breakup movies.
1: Yeah, you're good with lists. You like lists.
0: Well, breakup movies—that's on it uh, in fi- uh, High Fidelity and um, Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey. Yeah, those are like Eternal the top Sunshine. three. Yeah. It's a great movie. Like, holy shit. Um, so okay growing up on Long Island. uh, Yeah parents were
1: musical parents always played music I always need a lot of inspiration to clean my room. I'm not I'm not clean person Me too. Yeah, Paul. I'm another reason why Paul and I are so good together because he loves to clean He's the cleanest guy Um, (laughs) but I always would just have to put music on to get Motivated. A soundtrack.
0: Yeah, I need a soundtrack to fucking wash dishes. Yeah,
1: yeah, I feel you So yeah, music was always there always I loved it. And I was the girl that like, I always felt like I never wanted to be one thing. So like I was a dancer and I was a cheerleader, but I didn't, I was the cheerleader that wore my like rancid t-shirt over my cheerleading outfit. You know, like I never, I was friends with everybody and I, I loved the way that music made me feel. And I was the one that always brought music to my friends without even knowing that that could have been a job one day. But I was always like, oh my God, you have to listen to this. And like, I would make my friends sit and listen to like a harmony they'd be like okay, you
0: know that's 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 awesome because most people can't pick up a harmony but man when those harmonies hit they're really awesome mm-hmm. you know yeah um, so you're you're such a music fan like did you think at an early age that you wanted to be involved with music on any level did you ever want to play in a band or did you just oh it would
1: always... be my dream it would be my dream I can only play one <laughs> song Never on guitar too late. <laughs> I could play Queens silent matters. lucidity oh, that's yeah. all I could play uh, yeah that's a good one. Um, no, I love to sing. I love to sing so much and I was I got my associates in theater I thought I would do like Broadway But then I got like I started to get crazy anxiety and like I wasn't a f- huge fan of being on stage anymore Like all these weird things started happening that I never had before and I was like, you know Maybe I'm better behind the scenes and I realized I am like that's where I'm supposed to be but But when um, did you realize that like when I was getting my degree in musical theater and where I was, was like, I that? should at Suffolk Okay, my associate's degree. Um but I would love to be in a band. I mean, that would be so cool. But I also I'm not I'm not good at like being on the road, like touring. Like I would not be. I'm like way too prissy for that. I did two days on the Warp tour this summer, in the nicest bus. He went. Oh, did you?
0: What to the Warp tour? I did. Yeah. This yeah. summer. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. What you you, th- th- oh. you
1: th- oh. were you on the actual tour? this No, no, no. no. Oh. I,
0: I just went as a fan. Oh, got it, yeah, got so. it. Yeah. But th- I
1: I was kind of bragging to everyone like, oh, I could do this. I could. I'm a road dog. I could be on tour. I did it this summer, but I was on Kevin Lyman's bus Which apparent like everyone's like that's not that's like the rolls-royce of buses Of course, you were fine on that bus, you know, try to go on the suicide bunk Mm -hmm. Whereas like 20 on like a slave ship they call it and then I saw those I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely could not do that
0: But yeah, and plus I I get anxiety in cars. I couldn't imagine like doing those long hauls and
1: Yeah, it was weird lying down with it moving. I felt like I was suffocating It was crazy. And I had the condo bunk, which was, like, extra high and long. So I was nice. I can't complain.
0: What do you think about Kevin calling it quits after this year?
1: I mean, it's incredibly emotional. Um, I knew it was coming. He told me summer last year, and I tried to convince him otherwise he's my mentor he's my idol uh, you know he's everything to me and it I saw it physically draining him he could not do it anymore he can't do it anymore he does everything he is he is like to what I am to big picture to like a group of like 15 girls to this entire tour and like yeah it's heartbreaking I mean he's not he's not done though just so you know
0: do you think it has something to do with just like the climate of uh, first of all people don't sell albums so everyone's on tour Right Everyone's on tour Everyone's chasing the same nickel And then from there Like every summer There seems to be Like before it was just Lollapalooza It was right. a work tour It was like maybe like Three, four festivals Now there's like You know Bumblefuck festival Yeah and Fucking And he
1: fuck You know the straw that broke The camel's back for him Was like he went to a music festival And there was like a Botox tent and he was like i can't compete with this like this is insane what am i, mean, I doing you know just, like <laughs> I, need to, I need
0: to let that one sit in I can't yeah even, like, <laughs> I where was that
1: i think bumbershoot Shot or Shoot festival or something i don't know, I don't know what that is, huh? but yeah he um he's tired he wants to do different things i mean he's been doing this forever like he was the production manager for metallica In the beginning, like he has seen some shit, you know, and he's older now and he's, I mean... He's a legend.
0: What is the the end result for like someone like that? I mean, I always just wonder, like, financially, I mean, does he have to do anything not to get into his... He's
1: got a bunch of different projects. So he's a partner in Haley Williams' uh, hair dye company, Good Dye Young. Is that
0: the Paramore girl?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and he's got Forfini, which is his production company. So he does a lot of different festivals too. And we're just about to announce on Monday, early scoop. I don't know when this is going up. I'm going to but... put it up <laughs> probably,
0: what's today? Probably sometime next week.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to announce this opioid initiative that he's doing. It's called Preventium where um, it's going to launch on Warp Tour but just to get kids to basically stop taking pills and it's an app where you could like build up points and meat bands. And
0: well, stuff. it's it's an interesting thing too with the o- o- opioid thing because I'm I, I got clean in 98.
1: High five for Sam.
0: So, but now, you know, I'm so out of the loop until I look and it seems to be like an issue now. Oh yeah. Especially with like certain artists that maybe like promoted it a little bit more, which are Yeah,
1: probably- little peep See, yeah. little Peep did. Yeah.
0: So those are, um, those newer. I, I don't want to say hip hop because I'm such a hip
1: hop They're SoundCloud rappers. That's yeah, what we call Because I was going to say I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit more traditionalist
0: when I think of like Eric B. and Rakim. Like, that's what I think of hip hop. I still fuck with like Joey Badass, ASAP Rocky, that whole crew. But, you know, like just, I love the new stuff. But like when I listen to stuff like that, it just sounds like, um, like, a, just, like, a different version.
1: It's like emo rap.
0: Yeah, it's something completely... Yeah. It's, like, this newer hybrid yeah. type thing that they do, and that's fine. Good for them. They, they, they found an audience and more power to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like they are kind of like the, uh, you know, hair metal, like, the Motley Crue guys now. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Motley Crue was, like, shooting dope, like, yeah. running over fucking people yeah. with their car. Co-
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I spent... There's a whole group of them, like... Uh, little aaron and Wicca phase and all these people i didn't know and they all played emo night um fest day festival in la a couple of months ago and i got to meet all of them no lovely but
0: fascinating because what it is is like hip-hop is like the language of the young kids now It's such a youth-driven music but some of these kids grew up listening to what would be considered emo mm-hmm. music yeah so they somehow took that spin and they, they made it something different and something new. Mm-hmm. And it really connects, you know. And people are
1: looking for them. Like I ha- Some of the managers of my biggest clients are like, Dana, who's like coming up in the SoundCloud rapper world that I could work with? Like, send me anyone you have. I'm looking to sign them. And I'm like, okay. I, I don't know any. I'm what like-
0: does signing mean today?
1: For a management or a label?
0: For both. Let's do management first. Um, management,
1: I mean, usually it starts with like a development deal where, you know, it's like a handshake where you're.
0: What do they look for? Um, Fan base?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, they look for interaction with fans, how that happens. They look for touring because the money's in the touring, um, you know, quality music, someone that can write something in the studio and then also play it on stage, which is an art that's like sometimes doesn't happen. People can't recreate stuff on stage that they do in the studio. Um, you know, small smaller amount of band members, the better like no 10 piece like no manager wants to touch that you know
0: I I notice because even like now like certain bands that go on tour um, like I saw Built to Spill last year and they were a six piece and they played as a three piece and I'm thinking it's just like that climate It's like, okay, do I want to pay more
1: hands in the pot?
0: Do I want to pay three people or do I want to pay six? And that sucks, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, and I just bought Misfits tickets. What what do you think about that?
1: I you know, someone asked me about the Misfits yesterday. I don't know. It's not my thing.
0: So so basically, they're a band that from 1977 to 1983. um, And obviously, they're doing some reunion stuff. And and I guess everyone's kind of upset about the ticket prices. So they
1: ended in 83? Yes. Yes. They ended like when I was born.
0: So what do you think of a band coming back and having general admission be three hundred dollars? What? Yeah.
1: That's bananas. That's bananas. No way. I would never pay it. Yeah. I would never pay it because I'm jaded, but also because nothing's worth that much money. You I would also- rather eat a delicious meal than pay three hundred dollars for that. I'll just watch it on YouTube. I after. thought you were gonna
0: say I would rather eat a shake sandwich. You just said it, I'd just rather watch it on YouTube. That's yeah. what, that's pretty much how I live my life these mm-hmm. days that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He's, and now
1: with like Twitch and all these other live streaming options, like you're going to be able, you're never going to have to go to a concert again, which is so sad, but
0: I, I, I I'm there. I'm yeah. out in the fucking streets. I love it. Yeah. I love being a part of it. Cause it's, I love it.
1: You like, love being in the audience.
0: I love it. Yeah. I love every part of it. I we love being to, in
1: VIP up above where I'm safe.
0: Okay. <laughs> every now and then when I know the band playing, like I can do yeah. that, but whenever I don't, like we went to Riot Fest. That was yeah, fun. That's awesome. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm all for it. So, um, Do you get
1: in the pit? Like, do you?
0: No. You're just in the back of the room? Yeah, I'm in the back. I yeah. just like, you know, I, like yesterday I wanted to go see Black Rebel Motorcycle Club at Brooklyn oh, Steel. Cool. But today we're going to go watch Tension reunite and Grudge Holder. I can't wait. My buddies are opening up. Agony uh, Kings. Oh, those are your buddies? Yeah. Another band got life playing. Yeah, they're so cool. I hate going to bed.
1: Got it. I'm the same. I mean, I were, I was at, I saw four bands play last night. Yeah. You know? I mean, they're all clients, but but still, it's awesome. It just, I had a great night.
0: You know, it's I, I, I feel like life.
1: And just talking about the like live stream aspect, so and how much it's crossing in. So last night I had Billboard come to the Neck Deep show, sold out PlayStation Theater. Wow. Five minutes before the band took the stage, Billboard went live. Interviewed the band and then followed them to the stage and recorded the first song from the sound, like side of the stage and Within nine minutes and this is, like international had like 25,000 views of people eyeballs watching this which is insane It was so cool.
0: And that's great for like a business aspect. Yeah, you know and to get eyeballs on the band, because right because
1: they're, they're an international band they're from the UK so they're in New York City playing out and like saw that show in Times Square like that to us is not that big of a deal. But think of it, if you're not from New York, from Middle America, or you're from across the universe, like New York City, a show sold out, like you got a backstage view of what that looked like. That's so cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you know, it's just so much technology. You got to stay relevant. Yeah. Like I think there was uh, an episode of Portlandia where they were going to festivals using like Mm -hmm. drones. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, they were wearing the heads, like the giant heads.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Oh, that's so, awesome.
0: But um, all right. So I, I remember meeting you, when, you know, when I met Paul and we started a band together called Passenger Always Dies. Yes. And I was
1: just talking about this band a couple days ago. Yes.
0: I still have the CD somewhere and the recording sucks total dick, but the songs <laughs> were fun. They songs were fun. were fun. Yeah. And Paul- I was
1: your biggest fan. I loved it.
0: I think my biggest mistake was having two bands at the same time. Yeah. And not focusing on one, but like we were like so young. Yeah. Like, you couldn't tell me shit. Right You know like I was like I came out of like The world of like I was like an ex-drug deal Like you just couldn't talk to me. You know like I was just obnoxious Like that's what I was I
1: never would say You are obnoxious
0: I just No one could tell me shit I get, I hear it, t- it. it took me a minute to kind of like grow. You have up to experience
1: things on your own first.
0: Well, some people are smart and listen to certain, advice. Yeah, yeah. Me, I'm the guy that's like, maybe I won't get electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then we met you, and, and, and you were doing your thing at Chili's, and I think you were going to school at the same time. Mm hmm. So how long from that moment on did you graduate? And and I think you started interning at Island Records. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so I started CW Post uh, to get my bachelor's. And my first internship was, well, I should say before that, I interned at Walt Disney World. I did two summers at the college program. Get out. Yeah, so I was the only person. Before or after Paul? uh, Before, So I was with the same dude for five years before Paul. We interviewed together. He didn't get in and I did. And he was like, well, you're obviously not going to go. And I was like, fuck you, I'm going. And so I went and I spent the entire summer in Florida. I went through all the Disney training. I went to Disney University. I got my master's degree in entertainment management. And then the second summer I got invited back and I got my doctorate. Are you getting the yeah well, I, absolutely okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. um and <laughs> in um, music business so it was awesome I learned all summer long and then I went to CW Post um started I was getting a PR degree and I interned at um Island First in the a department and I was the only girl which was crazy to me uh but I knew right away that it wasn't what I wanted to do because I didn't have like the musical ear
0: did that- you know what you wanted to do like was there like a like, let's say like a role model that you looked at and you're like, OK, no, can I tell you how
1: it happened? Because I was in a conversation with someone at Chili's complaining about how much math was in my marketing degree. And the girl was like, why are you doing marketing? And I loved marketing. I was in the DECA club in high school. Like <laughs> I was such a nerd. I, so I and she was like, yeah, you should be just go for PR. There's no math in PR. And I was like, really? And then I, and I went and I changed my major before I even started to PR. And then I was like, this is exactly what I was meant to do my whole life. Like, I am just a publicist. I'm good at, you know, publicists are really good at multitasking, but being very positive and being able to, like, spin things a certain way. And, and I, I was like, oh, this was exactly what I was supposed Which to do. Which obviously
0: stands for public relations. So if, if you could describe what exactly that means... Um, How would you describe that for like let's say music?
1: Yeah, what a publicist does? Yeah, so basically so um, A music publicist is usually hired a couple of months before a record comes out so we would Listen to the record, you know work with the team on a rollout plan So like look at the release date and work backwards Like what kind of content like a music video or a song do we want to release to build the hype? going into the album release um and then we are like a full service PR agency so we do tv print online radio tour press like we do everything um and then we just find writers and pitch stories and create angles like what is it about this record that is really special what's the tone that we want to convey you know we talk with the band about you know how they want to be presented because we're their voice essentially to the media. Um, and then we find writers to review the record. When the bands go on tour, we invite press to come out and review the live show or do an interview on person. Um, we set up press days. So when the band comes through New York or LA, we just, that's what I did yesterday. It's just a full day of like meet and greet sessions, meet and greet sessions. Um, and then just communicating, like, you know, sending press reports of like what's been confirmed, what's pending, you know, what, why press are passing. Um, connecting phoners it's a lot of work
0: yeah a lot of work a Um, lot of work so with the island internship um, you said that you you couldn't You did not want to work there because you didn't have a good ear. What do you mean by that? My
1: job there was to listen to all the submissions that came in and put them in a pile and then I would give the pile to the head of A&R And then I would call record stores and say like hi, can you tell me what's selling like what what regional bands are selling? And that's like archaic that does not happen anymore because this was like pre MySpace days and I just knew like listening on meetings and stuff like they would be like, oh this song No, like this song needs more this or that they have to go back in the studio for that. And I was like, this isn't what I want. I don't want to be listening to like stems and figuring out what works and what doesn't.
0: Wow. That's interesting. So how would these like songs come in?
1: The submissions, people just mail them in unsolicited and in, you know, just press kits and CDs and tapes and whatever. And I would list. And I found, I found a band that I still talk to today called spider silk dress that Paul just used their song in a short film. He did.
0: Very it's crazy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But I
1: tried to get bands signed all the time that I thought were great Which leads me to like probably my future like I might start a record label soon It's kind of what I'm thinking about doing next that
0: sound like it's almost like
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna liken that too. it's just uh, I had an idea for an episode where people told tour stories
1: mm, Yeah,
0: and compile it into like a 90-minute episode. So every yeah every Person would do like a five or ten minute funny story that happened to them, even if it's three minute story. As long as it's funny and relevant to touring or or show related,
1: I like that. And then
0: while I was like thinking of compiling it, I thought to myself like, because I do like all the tech stuff, so I'm like, do I need more work? Like, what am I doing to myself right here? Like, it what like. It's going to sound cool, but how much work do I need to do? But
1: if it's something that's going to benefit you in the long run, it's worth doing. My problem is I don't know how to say no to other people. So in addition to my massive workload, I try to save the world and I try to help everyone and be everything to everyone. So sometimes like I have or like Paul will be like, hey, like you don't have to do that today. And like it will derail me from my work for an hour because I'm trying to help someone, you know. So then that's when you should be like, do I need to do this or can this wait? But if it's going to benefit you and you want to do a tour episode, do it.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's just that I have to, you know, I like I have a job, so I have to right. do I have to right. certain things that I got to do, so I only have like a certain amount of time. To I get it, I get it. <laughs> I know there's not enough like, hours in the day. This trust is me. just the passion part. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So, um, so, it,
1: the, so Island, I did that. I, I left, and I was like, okay, I should try management. And I went to Island because I loved Thrice, and they were on Thrice. Oh, I mean, Thrice one, was on Island. One sorry. Of the best thrice it was like thrice um thursday the bravery like they were all signed oh, at that yeah. time and then wow, the bravery
0: too. Right. honest mistakes yeah. so good Ugh, so. yeah uh
1: and then i i reached out to network because they had blink 22 some 41 and brand new and i interned there for a couple months maybe six months and i loved it but it wasn't my degree but i did love it
0: the the love of these bands so it wasn't like this like Lucrative thing. It wasn't it was just like holy shit. I love this band I love these mu this music and all that mm-hmm. other shit. That's like the fuel right so passion that's Yeah, that's the my
1: passion like I'm I'm solely driven by passion Yeah, it's that's all it. that it's not even I don't even have blood, like, blood if I'm gonna blood. do something It's gonna be because I love it. Yeah, I just I'm I'm not a settler like I refuse to do anything That's like it sounds so snobby when I say it But I don't want to do anything that I'm not gonna get enjoyment out of mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine not loving what I do you know,
0: well, I I was reading the article that, that I sent you, which I thought was pretty cool. What did but you send me? Your boss was telling you that um, you're never gonna get the thrice. Oh yeah, thing. she told
1: me that I need to start being more aloof and like stop wearing my heart on my sleeve. Yes, and s- start acting like the publicist I am because my like, attitude doesn't reflect how great of a job and I do.
0: In my head, I'm thinking like, if I was your boss, I'd be thinking like, I need a hundred of yous.
1: She was she was really good at keeping me under her thumb where I like encourage my employees. I want them to flourish and Succeed she would just be she was it was almost like a mind fuck like she would be like you're good Dana But you're not that good like but she would create such inner turmoil within the company like she would Assign me secretly to a project that another publicist was on to do a really good job and then she would make me take it over and make me tell that publicist that I had to take the project like it wasn't it was bad. This vibes. was the
0: place before was his covers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before Big Picture. Yeah. Before Big yeah. Picture. I modeled my company at, after everything that I didn't want it to be because of that. Yeah. You know?
0: But. And when did you start working there after Island?
1: Oh, OK. So Island, uh, then Network, then I graduated. Got my degree. I didn't have a job for two weeks, I cried every day. (laughs) I was like, why would no one give me an opportunity? Um, And then I got a job at a really, really small PR firm with three people called Steven Style Group. And they hired me as a junior to help with the entertainment division. So that was like the boy band Dream Street. Do you remember them? Down on Dream Street. You maybe. won't know, yeah. you. it's ridiculous. Uh, Jesse McCartney's band and I don't know if you know him. Um, so I did like kiddie, uh, like bubblegum pop for maybe six months but my boss had a severe drug problem and an eating disorder. And so he would take cans of salmon from the 99 cent store and eat them in the bathroom alone on the toilet i mean the things i saw oh my god and he would do cocaine in the bathroom like and i'm such a good girl like i was i ended up running the entire company within six months i took over the literary division the candy division the entertainment division and i was like this is insane like he's not coming to work like i'm covering for him and i was like i think i should get out of here and i did
0: did and then that I, help you though like with everything because like you're doing that job and like the, I, I would imagine that's almost like training school for you.
1: It was and I was commuting from Long Island mostly for the well for two months I did and then I was like I can't handle this um, and we brutal. moved to the city. But uh, okay so I was there and then I start I applied for the job that we talked about earlier and I got hired there and I was there for a couple of years and then I was like I gotta go. So in '07 I started Big Picture. I was 26 i had not c- yet quit my job i didn't have the money to hire an attorney to do all the legal paperwork so i just read what legal paperwork uh like filing like for um a c corp or an S oh, Okay, or so basically to yeah, yeah just like establishing big picture like legally like what did i was you,
0: so okay so you're like okay i'm gonna start my own publicist thing and and yeah uh, i'm gonna start my
1: own pr company it's gonna be just me and and i didn't care i was like as long as i make the same amount of money that i make there which was nothing i'll be okay
0: you'll be okay i'll be
1: okay i could pay my bills like i just need i just and essentially at the time i was like i just need two clients when i was there i was working on probably 18 clients at a time so i was like i just got to find two and then i it actually worked out perfect timing wise because so many of my projects were ending contractually that I kind of planted the seed that I was going to go on my own, and they were like, yeah, we'll come with you. And that was Circus Survive, The Receiving Into Sirens, um, Alexis on Fire, uh, Two or Eleven Arms. The
0: whole mid-2000s. A lot of EVR bands mm-hmm. right there.
1: Yep, yep. Okay. I had EVR. I s- still do so much for EVR. But, um, yeah, so they all came with me, and it was awesome. Scary but awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely scary. Uh, but like you said, I mean, I, it's – And going back to our conversation, you know, like someone like me, I would have just sat at the other job with. Yeah,
1: (laughs) you know, I couldn't. And I said to my parents, like, again, my dad, I was like, I'm going to leave and start my own company. He was like, don't go. You have stability. You've come so far in your career. And I was like, I'm just going to give it a try. If I fail, it's okay. Like, I will pick up the pieces and go somewhere else. And and I but I was going to die trying. Like, I, I mean, I work a lot now. I I never stopped working then. Because I, I didn't want to fail. And I was so afraid. Because like, I felt like I was given such an opportunity. And someone was just going to pull the rug out from under me one day. And be like, just kidding. You can't really do this. And at the time, there wasn't a bunch of smaller PR firms doing the genre of music that I did. So I quickly established myself. Because I did get the singer of Thrice on late night TV. No alternative bands around late night TV. No,
0: that was a big thing. Yeah, And especially, you know, uh, and also him doing that, that solo record
1: that was what i did yeah yeah please come home definitely yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: i mean and you know to fanboy on on dustin for a minute what a songwriter
1: oh he's the greatest guy
0: yeah oh i love him even the last record was like fucking awesome yeah he's yeah not i asked paul this like when when i talked to him on the episode but like you get a band like the race right and your job is to bring their music you know obviously with your pr um they go from Artists in the Ambulance mm-hmm. to a record like Vichu, mm-hmm. um, but you weren't involved with them then, right? I
1: started with the Alchemy.
0: How challenging.
1: I it- always get the when the bands are like, we're gonna pivot and yeah. go to another direction. <laughs> I always get them when they do that.
0: That was a pivot.
1: Yeah, that was a pivot. Um, that was a challenging one because they broke it up into two cycles. So it was uh, yeah. volume one and two I did first, and then they waited no time to release three and four and press, I mean like you know, print, at the time was very important but page space is important so you're not as a journalist going to cover one and two and then three and four so I struggled with getting coverage for three and four but um, I I really think as a publicist it's my job to tell the story properly and to have good relationships with the press so I take my time when writing I, I really build my relationships so that when I go to someone and say I've got something great they listen to what I'm saying so um, it's never like oversaturation of me pushing mediocre bands on them i'm really selective about who i work with and i only work with bands that i love because i think as a journalist you can hear the bullshit in the pitch
0: well that's the whole thing if you're not passionate about the band it's gonna be a really hard sell it's gonna be hard sell because yeah. you're not like unless you're like you know an amazing actress but at that point why
1: right well and like... that was the thing when i was at the other company i had to work on projects based on budget and not love. So not that I don't love the Spin Doctors, but like that was my first project. and I'm i was still like still listening
0: to Two Princes today.
1: <clears throat> this was like 45 years past Two Princes though. This was no, like, right. you know, really far down the line. And I had to do, you know, I had to work on stuff. My boss wouldn't let me work on stuff that was like not less than five grand a month. And like my bands didn't have any money. And when the Dustin solo record came through, she was like, oh, you can't work on it. They don't have enough money. And I was like, what? You can take my favorite band like and tell me I can't do it? Like, I was like, Do you think no. stuff
0: like that is just like a, a way of her, maybe she noticed something in you that, you know, maybe you were better at the stuff that, that she did, like almost like in five she years. She didn't understand
1: gonna... my genre. She didn't understand though. Like they did, you know, they did the Rolling Stones. They did like a really, really big stuff and then really great indie. So they did like Arctic Monkeys, Franz Ferdinand, White Stripes, and then like really top tier household names. So I'm coming in, this like little scene girl that like loves all this like emo and pop punk stuff and they just didn't get it. They didn't get it. So I was constantly fighting that fight. Like, let me work on these bands that I love and sh- they don't have any money. And I was like, but I love them. So I, to me, as a business owner now, I understand there's a bottom line. You have overhead. You've of got course. salary. You know, yeah. I get it. And even my girls, like, I'll be like, hey, you got to take this one for the team. You know, like, we got to keep the lights on. But then if their favorite band comes through and is like, hey, I've got 500 a month. I'm like, of course, do it. Do it. They all, you all get that. You know, if you love it, I want you to do it. Because they're going to be happier at their desks every day.
0: And, and how many people work for you now?
1: Um, there's nine of us. Okay. So um, the company's kind of had some ebbs and flows over the years. So we did open the LA branch of the company when we had the New York division. We had a digital marketing division that we don't have anymore. So there's been a bunch of changes over the years. But some of these girls have been with me for like six, seven years. Four, they, were, they did their first ever internship at Big Picture. And now they're like a senior publicist. It's Amazing. nuts. Yeah, yeah it's so cool yeah
0: and w- w- like for digital marketing, like I-, I would imagine that's like a big deal. So like ha- what did some what did that part? You do? know,
1: it was one of those things where I was like outsourcing all of this work. So people would come to me and say, Hey, can you do our PR and our marketing? And I hated giving away all that marketing work. And I was like, I'm gonna hire someone to start a division, and I'm gonna find in them what I can trust to have them make an empire under them. And I failed miserably at finding the right person. I trusted people that I probably shouldn't have. I drank the Kool Aid when they said they were doing this, but in fact, they weren't. And I didn't know how to manage them because it's not my expertise. Yeah, so I'm not really, I'm not, I don't know YouTube ads or whatever, all this other stuff. I don't know how to use Photoshop or, so it was really difficult for me. And I tried with two different people and they both failed. And then I was like, fuck this. No. I started a YouTube channel for Pearl, my, our dog, because um, she's funny. And I I think I uploaded three videos and I forgot it existed.
0: Yeah. Well, with stuff like that, you got to, with anything, because there's so much stuff. I feel like all of us, between a podcast, like just everything. There's so much, yeah. Everything is available through your phone it's you're all like fighting for everyone's attention. Yeah. So all right. So you're doing your your company, and how did mm-hmm. you get involved with the movie? Like which movie? Old Thirty Seven.
1: Okay. So. <laughs>
0: how, did, so you, did you see? Did you have faith in your? Oh husband? my god! Of course.
1: Of course. The only <laughs> reason that our relationships work, our relationship works, is because we support one another. Uh, there's nothing I can say to him. I think at this point that. Would surprise him about like a goal or a dream I have, and and I'm the most encouraging for him. Yeah. So I was in fact laying in bed with Paul sleeping when he had the nightmare about the ambulance and mm-hmm. being picked up. So I was really there from the <laughs> inception. Um, and no, I encouraged him to write it, and he didn't go to college, and I was like, who cares? Just figure out how to write it, and and he did, and he put his heart and soul into it. He's he's a brilliant writer. The I mean, this our second date when he told me he was in a band, I was like, Oh, can I see your lyrics? And I sat there and I read every lyric that he ever wrote. And I think, you know, you can ask him, but that meant a lot to him because I cared about the lyrics and I re- and there was a song about like animal rights. So like right away I, I was all about it. And you know, he cared about stuff and I, and I, he's very smart. He's a lot smarter than I am. I'm wow. really good at my job, but he's smart.
0: <laughs> yeah. He, he wrote <laughs> lyrics for, for the band that we were in. And I read those and I was just like, all right, you got to sing because those, they were good lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> so. I he mean. writes
1: really well. And Old 37 was a, a brilliant concept. It yeah. really is. And it, you know, so yeah, I was there. I mean, we, every stage, um, you know, at one point, I, I mean, kind of how it the whole thing really came to be real was me you know, pretending to be his manager. And I would make calls on his behalf. And um, like I said, I was doing press for the spin doctors and we got to go to Las Vegas for this billboard music convention or radio convention. And I brought Paul with me because why not? And Paul and Chris, the singer hit it off really well. And Paul told him about the movie and he was like, Oh, you should talk to my attorney. He might be a good fit. He does a lot of this stuff and he gave me his number and I called him the next day pretended to be his manager tried to get a meeting he was like i'm not ready right for this but this guy is and then we took a meeting with that guy and um his name was Stephen beer and he's a lifelong friend he ended up executive producing the film but kind of how it happened was we did this meeting and we were really unprepared and he we we're in this you know the met life building in new york city and this huge conference table and he was very intimidating to us and he was like, do you know who I am? Do you know what the work I've done? And we didn't do our research. Uh, we were like, no. no. And then he was like, well, you should, you should really go home and do some research. Workies
0: and, one and two. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he was like, well, you know, it costs money to have an attorney on retainer. And we were like, we don't have any money. So I really forced that we left the script there. Like, he didn't want us to, and I was like, like no, like, please. And then a couple of weeks later, his assistant went to Sundance and read a bunch of scripts and said to Stephen, this is the best script in the bunch. And wow. he called Paul and said, I want to help you develop this. So That's it's
0: fucking awesome. Like I said, I remember, <laughs> I brought it up on the show, reading the reading in uh, Brooklyn when yeah. it was like Galapagos, I think. It yeah, yeah, Galapagos, was.
1: yeah. But you know the film. He Paul is very selfless in a sense where Big Picture got so busy so fast that the script took a backseat. The film took a backseat for years while we grew Big Picture and grew Big Picture and and at the time he had his own residential painting company that he ended up closing to help me because he is really good with money and he's really good at math (laughs) and he's really organized. So
0: in all fairness, I mean, I think he did the right choice. I think (laughs) so
1: too. I think. I mean, I you know. Was always pushing him to do more with the paint company too. I'd have signs. I was advertising yeah. for him. Uh, but like paint, no. paint a house in Quorum right. or go to the <laughs>
0: Billboard <awards>. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, tough but. Ch- tough choice.
1: But when it was time to, you know, when Big Picture was really just on its own and, and doing well, we were like, okay, it's time to really think about this. And I appreciate everything that he did for me so I wanted nothing more than to help so I was a I was one fourth producer so I helped raise the money I I talked to everyone I knew just about the project and how they can get involved I reached out to brands to get free clothes free shoes free everything I, I used every single connection I had on Long Island everywhere we were to help any way I could and yeah, it was it was remarkable. I mean, I was on set eight months pregnant doing overnight sleeping in the back of our car, like just trying to be helpful. But,
0: but you know, once again, like I love those stories because when it comes to art and stuff like that, like movies, music, like all that stuff is just so worth it. it's so cool
1: we're so lucky I am I I say lucky but you know we've worked so hard and I've never been given anything I've never I didn't grow up knowing people in the industry he didn't he grew up in a trailer park like we truly had (laughs) we had no resources at all everything that we have it's because we worked so hard for it so I say lucky but really it's it's not really luck it's because hard work pays off I think and being on set like Watching act like real actors like read words that he wrote and like the whole
0: two th- horror <sighs> legends like mm-hmm. horror legend yeah those yeah. guys I Kane know Hodder, now yeah like two legends like right I just definitely like a, crazy <laughs> those are people that we grew up like watching yeah and everything and I still haven't seen the Kane Hodder documentary but
1: uh I didn't no did you see it yeah yeah he I saw it. he was it, in yeah. Brooklyn
0: and I think it was like during the day and yeah. I but, probably bailed on you.
1: But it was cool. And that was another thing. Like, you know, the film was done and we couldn't afford rights for music. So we hit up all our bands. Circus Survive is in the movie. Thrice That's is in the m- No, not Thrice.
0: Not thrice Who?
1: Oh, The Used. The Used is in it. Mm-hmm. Circus Survive. Shepherd. It all came full circle. It worked. We just got out. A- now we're working on the next one. So.
0: Not sequel. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. <laughs> a comedy. <laughs> Comedy. Is it How many yeah. times did you watch Old Dirty Seven by the way?
1: Oh my god, I've seen it a million <laughs> times. And our daughter has too from like, you know, I mean obviously in utero being on set, but Zoe loves the dark arts, man. She yeah. loves Coraline and she loves stuff that's creepy and she loves to be scary and she gets it all from him. Oh, from him. oh yeah. Definitely it's not me.
0: Um so what's I don't know, what's up for twenty eighteen for like big picture media?
1: Uh we're about to announce warp tour. Uh, March 1st, we announced the entire thing, which is exciting. We
0: Is it being billed as the last one?
1: It is, yeah. So it's the final tour. But right now, for me, I've got Story of the Year to release their record. I'm doing the new Census Fail record. I've got the used tour coming up, Newfound Glory, Neck Deep. We just signed the f- creator of the Carolina Reaper Pepper. So we're doing his hot sauces and all his hot sauce festivals, which is
0: cool. That's pretty interesting stuff. So, because you do stuff like that, I know yeah. You did so we the John don't do Joseph just stuff. music. Yeah, I did John, John Joseph. Joseph's
1: book. Yeah, so we do music festivals and every type of festival. So the we do the Things, things too. yeah, yeah. Um, we do the New York City hot, uh, New York City Coffee Festival. We do um, like the Bus Magazine Craftacular. So we do a lot of different events because every publicist loves to do events. It's just kind of innate. We love being on red carpets. We love organizing. Like all of that stuff, we love. Um, Yes, or Thursday, I took the third meeting of what would. What will be if I get it The biggest client That Big Picture has ever had So uh, I don't know If I'm gonna get it yet Then I'm too scared to say Because I don't want to jinx it But
0: we'll, we'll say it now Paul McCartney Nice Oh
1: it's not music actually Well it is music But not directly I was gonna say Paul Rudd artist <laughs> um, No but yeah So no we do a lot Of different stuff And we You know I've been with Two Right Love in Our Arms Which is a nonprofit organization mm-hmm. That yep. helps people suffer With depression and self-injury And suicide awareness I've been with them
0: for Forever 11 years I remember yeah. you were Push. <laughs> yeah, pushing that and I was like what is that and then yeah. when I found out what it was I was like okay it's
1: incredible another
0: thing too can you just explain what emo night is because we asked yeah Vinny Caruana on my mm-hmm. other show I, I just had no clue so yeah
1: it's you know it's uh so we were living in LA and a bunch of friends said do you want to go to taken back Tuesday tonight and I was like sure and I went and it went up to the door with my ID walked past 200 kids in line and I said oh I'm on the guest list." and She's like, no, you're not on the guest list. And I was like, oh. And I was like, wait, whose party am I? Who was throwing this? And I couldn't figure it out and I couldn't get in. And I wanted to get in. And the girl sitting there was wearing a used hoodie. And I was like, oh, sick shirt. Those are my clients. And she was like, oh, they are. And I ended up talking to her and I finagled my way in. Again, with 200 people down the line, like in, in line. And it was just... Buddy? 200,
0: 200 angry tweets mm-hmm. as soon as you did that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, who this bitch thinks she is. <laughs> um, but it, it was just Buddy from Census Fail DJing, like his own songs and a bunch of other email songs and a bunch of people crowded into a really, really small room singing and dancing. And it was awesome. And then it ended. And I think just my way my brain works is I'm really good at seeing. I have vision for potential. I have vision and seeing the Goodness in people and like what they how good they could be and I saw this and I just was like this is this could be huge Like I have to help you guys like let me help you guys And so the next morning we had coffee and I convinced them to let me work with them for free for six months I did it And we took taken back Tuesday to be emo night and now it's like a national touring event that has had
0: So basically it's it's just a, a party and people play like you have a DJ Yeah, like from a band Mm -hmm. does it always have to be from a band or
1: yeah, it's always someone of note Uh, so it grew so fast that it started out as just a You know DJ and now it's uh, DJ acoustic performances full band performances um, I mean they do the craziest shit like mariachi bands (laughs) Like I mean the things that they have done there They also are
0: crazy meant until you said mariachi band, but like like, but they hired a
1: mariachi band to learn like my chemical romance like so then they'll bring in like um oh, what are some other things that they've done i can't even think like an acapella group to like and teach them fallout boy you know like they just they do that there's three founders babs tj and morgan and they are such incredible thinkers and they always know they're those people that know what's cool before it's cool it's hard to say like tastemakers because okay. everyone uses that word but they blow my mind every day and they're so technologically gifted that they make these videos and just together, the three of them are, they become my family, truthfully. Like I love them as much as I love anyone and I give them all of my bands. Cause I go to my bands and I'm like, hey, this is a thing, it's happening, it's awesome, here's my stamp of approval. So my bands go and they do it. So I opened up my entire roster to them, essentially. And it became huge.
0: Being able to be in a position to help people, like you are, or to maybe like assist them, like you said you have that eye for it you watch something you're like okay I have a business that can help you yeah uh, because you believed in it
1: yeah and I will do that and I'll help anyone like yeah if I can I will and I say that like if I like you and you're a good person and I I enjoy being around you and you're funny and you don't take yourself too seriously and you're not a dick like I will help you however I can this show is helpful relax relax this is as far
0: as it gets um and being technologically savvy, like like you said, with the, it's so part of the game now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no more flyers. There's no more that. It's like, yeah, if you make it to someone's phone, you have a chance.
1: Yeah, they so. do. They just do ridiculous things, like get billboards on Sunset, and you know, I mean, I could talk about them for two hours, but they're really funny.
0: I almost forgot your homework. My bad. Yeah, I um, worked really hard on it. So it, this show is just like what I love to ask people or just influences because I love to hear what influenced you growing up, uh, today, yesterday, like, cause I, whether it's records that came out 25 years ago or like I, I could name 60 albums that came out last year that I fucking love. Um, I never lost touch with it. I try to stay current. I, I love it. So I like to pick people's brains and, and you're on. And, uh, so I asked you to give me five albums that changed your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's start with that F- Okay, Five, give me number five
1: I, They're not in numerical order Doesn't matter. by importance um, Okay, so I wrote Rancid and Outcomes the Wolves okay. in 95
0: Awesome, I'm gonna I, we, we could definitely just pick each one apart <laughs> real quick One of my favorite albums of all time Is um, that? Yeah Oh, we have a in common And Outcomes the Wolves
1: Alright
0: This record was everything yeah. Yesterday, um, I'm doing two cover shows for my birthday just for shits and giggles Because I'll be 40 Happy pre-birthday again So um, And uh, We're covering uh, Two rancid songs oh, And sick. that record Is amazing So
1: Yeah I just wrote down I know every single word To every single song And I feel like that to me Is like a record That changed your life Because you don't skip songs
0: Because there's And on top of 19 songs
1: And you don't skip it 19 Like, like how many records You listen to you like oh this song sucks and you 19. just move to the next yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah So we're doing You don't care nothing So when you mm-hmm. come to the party awesome. You can sing
1: Awesome Awesome uh, and I just wrote, oh, it gave me inspiration to clean my room, but also it made me feel gritty. Okay. Because I was just like a white girl from suburbia living in a nice house and it made me feel like I wasn't.
0: Well, Yeah, they were pretty disgusting yeah. guys from the <laughs> I south, didn't know anything about them. I
1: don't even understand what half of the things that they were. I mean, I'm like, I was not. Exposed to crazy things at a young age That some people are So half of the things that they said I didn't even understand You so. didn't know
0: a Junkie Man Tell me what the story was?
1: No <laughs> I mean Ruby Soho I didn't know what Soho was Like yeah. I don't You know there was just stuff anyway
0: What was your favorite song though? On um,
1: I wrote I wrote I don't want to say Time Bomb Because I feel like that's obvious no, it's, but that's, that's what it is It's a great um, song So Yeah I don't want to say No probably Ruby Soho Okay Yeah Alright um, I even named a dog I rescued Ruby Because of it Okay, and then I wrote Goldfinger, self-titled,
0: great record,
1: because a boy that I was friends with in eighth grade loved them, and he gave it to me on CD, and I was and I just fell in love with it. So,
0: well, John Feldman, what a songwriter, and I uh, what didn't, a
1: crazy person,
0: really, he's crazy, is he? Oh, in, a, yeah. in a good or bad way?
1: Uh, he's just like no one I've ever met before in my life.
0: Okay, and he's like this. He's, Mm-hmm. Like, he, had, he had a pretty decent hand in what helping the used mm-hmm. as well, right? Oh, yeah.
1: They're, they wouldn't exist without him.
0: That first record, like...
1: Everything he does, I love. If it, Like, when you go through his discography, like, it's essentially... It could be called Dana's Favorite Bands. Okay. Really. Like, I love everything that he's ever done.
0: I love just the fact that he just... Even though Goldfinger, you know, stopped playing so much or releasing records He was still involved with so much stuff And anytime you hear here in your bedroom to this day Mm -hmm. It's what a perfect And they just released a new record Did they?
1: Yeah, the bass is the story of the years in his band And then the drummer of Newfound Glory is in his band Okay Yeah, it's like a super group Okay, and then I put Green Day Kerplunk Okay Uh, But that was in 94 And that was just like a record that I could listen to over and over I probably listened to it 10,000 times in my life
0: that's the one right before Dookie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that.
1: Um, the U's, The Taste of Ink. So good. Okay, good.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, these, uh, these are just great records. Yeah, uh, so The
1: Used, like, to me, is, like, they're one of my favorite bands in my... I mean, I would do anything for them, and they've been my clients now for probably six years, I would say, six or seven years. And,
0: and I think, like, that article said that you guys, w- your first date was Thrice in The Used? Okay. At Sports Plus. Oh shit! Yeah,
1: and, I and was the used U's didn't even get to play because there was a fire code. Yes. And then Burt went up on stage and apologized, sure. and then people were throwing shit at him, and I was so pissed.
0: You're fucking right. Thrice yeah. didn't play because I went there specifically to yeah, see. no. Thrice.
1: Th- did Thrice play or did the U's play? No, Thrice played. Really? The U's didn't play. Or
0: maybe whoever went to go see, maybe okay, maybe because that record came out and I went to go see the U's. I, I remember one of the bands. Didn't play. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was crazy. I'm going to look up this song now because I, I forget the name of it on that album.
1: What is this? How's it go?
0: It's the fifth song. Uh, oh, wow.
1: You really are good with numbers <laughs> and lists. I'm like, I, I don't even know what songs are called, but I
0: can just Buried it. Myself Alive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, that's my shit right there. Yeah.
1: And I and again, that's just a band that I've followed my entire life. And when the opportunity came to work with them, like I nearly died. I, it was, Paul and I went to Orange County to see, like, an acoustic show that they were doing, and Burt was still really fucked up on drugs and whatnot, and, um...
0: Was this pre or post Kelly Osbourne? Post. <laughs> post. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, but they're still, to this day, I mean, my favorite guys, my favorite... Resurgence. Yeah.
0: Too Hopeless Records bought up all those, like, Hopeless, hopeless Records, aside from having Sam I Am, um taken back sunday bayside mm-hmm. the use yeah. so hopeless like,
1: records are our clients as well exactly so equal vision hopeless yeah. yeah so we do the whole catalog for the entire label so
0: which is a fucking treat for you mm-hmm.
1: i'm sure and they're the greatest people everyone at hopeless is so even evr everyone they're just such good people to work with you know uh you want to keep going yeah what well, we get the then, last one right yeah so i wrote neck deep the piece in the panic which okay. is this sweatshirt which this record just came out this year I saw them last night I spent the whole day with them and because it, because of who they are and I just kind of wanted to tell a little story just about I know we're like totally yeah, yeah. out of time but just no, about this we, band means so much to me you're because out of time.
0: We, we could do this for the next three hours
1: because they are like the band that bands should aspire to be because they're such good people and they care about their fans so much and this record is so good from beginning to end the energy it shows the way that they I mean, they just work so hard and they deserve everything. And this record came out right around the time when my dad had the heart attack. And I, this big moment, it's in that AP article, but, um, they were playing Long Island Warp Tour. I had Billboard coming out for a day in the life. I had Nylon coming out to do, I had such a big day of press for them. And it was the day after my dad had open heart, open by oh, f- triple bypass, open heart surgery. Um, and my dad was like, you need to go. My dad was like, pushing me out the door. And the singer of the band's father passed away from a massive heart attack. The guitar or the bassist's father passed away from a massive heart attack. So they knew what I was going through when I when I got there on site that day. Like they Facetime my dad and like just all this stuff that like they just go so above and beyond to make sure that you know.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, they didn't have to do that, so that's they didn't, and they're
1: just they're so awesome. And it's such a good record.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I, I've never heard them, but I've heard of them. Mm-hmm. So I'll check it out. Like, Can you describe what the music sounds like? Oh,
1: it's like straight pop punk. Okay. But the best. The Nec- best pop punk could be, you ne- know? Neck deep. Yeah. It's like, if, imagine if Newfound Glory was like, it's like early Newfound Glory. Okay. Cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but really good melodies. He's a great singer. He's an in, He's an intellectual. So as much as it's like pop punk, the lyrics are super heavy and... He's he's brilliant. So. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, that, I'll definitely check that out. So yeah. those are the five records. Yeah. that change your life. Now what I asked you to do, which I thought is kind of fun. Um, I wanted you to pick five songs that you would put on a playlist mm-hmm. at 15 at 25 and then today.
1: Oh, fuck. I didn't do today. I did 15 and 25 only. Yeah,
0: that's fine. All
1: right. So 15. I did Green Day Kerplunk, Christie Road. Okay. I did jewel pieces of you because I'm fifty. I'm fourteen now, so I'm okay. uh, you know <laughs> foolish games. Um, great song. Three Eleven self titled down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rancid Ruby Soho. Oh, I did have a song. Um, and then Oasis Champagne Supernova. Ah, nice. so good. I used to just like lay in my bedroom and just like it's like a 25 minute song and just like uh, I would go nuts.
0: Now he put out a great record this year. Last. Oh year. yeah. It's fucking awesome. Oh, I have never heard. it. Very good. It. I I it's just under it. Liam Gallagher.
1: Okay, so. I listened to it. Was that five? No, that was five, but I put six. Sorry. Go ahead. And then I put <laughs> um, I have one. The Cranberries No Need to Argue. I Can't Be With You.
0: R.I.P. Dolores. Oh, mm. and my
1: heart breaks for her.
0: So, okay. I didn't need to do this, but I figured I'll just do it. Do it. Because, like, the last time we did it, I didn't do it. At 15, I would have put on a group called the Afghan Wigs. And the song I would put on uh, would be Debonair. Growing up, just everyone was listening to hardcore and punk bands, and the guitars to this band just kind of like. Um I don't know, it just changed my life because it was so different, like Mm -hmm. the guitars that they would use and they still play to this day. Uh, Then there was a song called Cut Your Hair, which was pretty big by a band called Pavement. Pavement was one of my favorite bands growing up. So you figure this was all 1993 when I was 15. Uh, The third song I would put on a playlist would be Wish by Nine Inch Nails. That was off of Broken. I can't (laughs) say enough about it. Uh, The fourth song I put on every, every single goddamn playlist, a a mixtape. Um, which would be night swimming by REM off of mm. automatic for the people It's one of the best songs ever written It's one of my favorite songs ever and the fifth song would be were off of Pisces Iscariot from Smashing Pumpkins mm. So back to Dana, mm. what, what about I love that. F- five and 25?
1: Um, five and 25 so this would be like oh four five uh, I did the used in oh, sorry is it sounding weird?
0: No, no. I just want to get every single uh, word. Every whisper. <laughs>
1: um, so they used In Love and Death, uh, Thrice Yarris in the Ambulance, Stare at the Sun. Mm-hmm. I did brand new uh, The Quiet Things That No One Ever Knows because it's like the greatest record ever. It and is. I'm not I'm not sour about everything. You know, it's I have people like, I won't listen to them. What do I do with this tattoo? And it's like, okay,
0: let's move on. Yeah, those are just... I know. That's
1: a whole on. other two-hour. We could get into that too. Um... The distiller is Coral Fang, mm. Great. dismantle me. I'm, I love her. She's coming back. She was like my strong woman. Like, again. She did
0: Spinnerette, which I thought was pretty yeah. cool.
1: But I always struggled with like,
0: her can I stuff. be
1: like, I wanted to be her, but I could never pull that off. Like, look at me. You know, I could never be that edgy and cool. What you do you know. think
0: about Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age stealing her from Tim Armstrong?
1: I think Josh <laughs> sucks. I, I love don't Josh. like Queens of the Stone Age. One of sorry. my favorite bands ever. Oh uh, yeah, I I know some people that know him. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry.
0: No, it's fine. But you know, whatever. I'm uh, sure he's a douche. <laughs> I, yeah. I almost guarantee it. But I love his yeah. band.
1: <laughs> uh, and then Finch, what it is to burn. Oh, every single song I wrote because I love them.
0: That song that was just a huge album when that came yeah. out. Great. Yeah. That's we saw
1: one. them at the Vanderbilt with um, like Hoobastank back wow. in the day.
0: They just played Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah, so That's awesome. That's Danzig yeah. there, and That's it. the Long Beach Double All Stars. All right, so my at twenty five, I guess it was two thousand three for me. Um, I was going through my alt country phase, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would put on the song "Camera" by the band Wilco. Mm. I love that record. Um, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots by The Flaming Lips would definitely be on a mixtape the third one would be Gentleman Caller by a band called Cursive for the record The Ugly Organ because that's one of the best records ever and Tim Casher is one of the best songwriters ever the fourth song would be Why Control off of the Yeah Yeah Yeah, Yeah's album Fever to Tell fucking killer Uh, and then the fifth song would be Gone for Good by The Shins because shoot's too narrow. Mm-hmm. so And then I'll, I'll just finish off with the five that I would put today, and then I'll ask you the same.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm like, fuck, let me just sort my Spotify by most listened to. How about yeah, that?
0: Yeah, do that. So I'll do, number one, Jason Isbell, If We Were Vampires. Um, just one of the best written songs ever, and probably my most listened to song this year. Number two, The Menzingers, the song Lookers. Love that from band. From After the Party, one of the best records that came out this year. Uh, then I have Head Full of Bees by a band called Racketball Club, which is Sergi from um, Sam I Am and Blair from uh, Knapsack. Hmm. The fourth would be the old 97s, the song Good With God, because they put out probably my third favorite album of 2017. And uh, then the fifth would be Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, Question of Faith, because they fucking rule. They have a very cool, like, goth uh, blues sound, and I hate the blues, but somehow it makes it work. And they're a three piece, and I don't know, I love it. What a fantastic band! So
1: awesome! I know some of I know a lot of those by name, but I love the Artists. that's awesome.
0: That record's amazing,
1: yeah. Okay, so playlist today. Uh, so, my top five artists from Spotify this year were Paramore, Neck Deep, um, The Used. Well, I'm gonna talk about Creeper. I don't know if you've seen me post about Creeper. Yes. But they're they're a band that I discovered on Warped Tour that everyone was telling me I needed to see. That I Sometimes you just run out of time and you don't get to see or listen to every band. When people tell you every day you need to listen to this band, it's like you just live your life. But I saw this band and I was so blown away that I became obsessed with them and another band that I chased and now they're my clients. So they are a bit theatrical. The singer's voice is so dynamic. He's got like four voices in there that he does and he switches from but it's kind of like a Influenced by like Alkaline Trio a little bit AFI a little bit. I mean the theatrics of my chem But they're awesome and they
0: when you chase a band like in particular, let's say creeper. Like how do you do that?
1: Uh I just go to management and management. Say, yeah, and then like and who, say like listen, I'm obsessed with this band
0: Is it up to management or the band?
1: Mm, probably sometimes both but if, if I was managing a band and a publicist was like, I need to work on your band, you give that publicist this project. You know, like I have been pushing this band before they were my... Because it's difficult with them because they're from the UK. They're signed to like Warner in the UK, so they don't have a US deal. But a lot of the major label bands have publicist in-house, so they don't need to hire an indie. So I'm like an indie. I'm like someone that you pay outside of a major label, because mm-hmm. all labels have in-house PR. So you have to find additional budget for me. So sometimes oh, it doesn't yeah, that's, work. That's an interesting Yeah, like thing. it's, I've lost bands to major label deals, like bands that were with me from when they were small that I got huge, and then they go and they get signed, and then I lose them.
0: You still keep those relationships.
1: Though. Yeah, they always end up coming back because and, and their karma. records get shelved, because their A&R rep gets fired, or they decide that they didn't get what they wanted out of the deal. They go back to an indie and then I, I come back
0: and I think like in life with everything Whether it be that you work at a deli or fucking PR uh, I think as long as you're not an asshole to people. Yeah, and I that's really
1: the like The bottom line in my life is like don't be a jerk.
0: Yeah, don't be a jerk. Yeah, I'm not, you know, definitely so um, Cool. All yeah. right. I think we got everything
1: yeah, I, get, I mean, I I feel like we didn't talk about us doing press for your band and what that was like going to South by Southwest, but that's another we can do that another time because Paul's gonna be naked.
0: Oh right, yeah, Paul's gonna be naked. We, yeah. we, <laughs> could, we could do a part two. But yeah, thanks to thank you to guys Dana so twenty eleven for you know Playing Dead got to hang out in South by Southwest. Yeah,
1: you got a little taste of what we do.
0: It was fucking great. Yeah, it was the first great. thing I still look at this one thing. I'll show you the video. Yeah, I remember when we met you on Sixth Street you had something lined up right away. And as soon as we made a left onto 6th Street, I was like, fuck. what the fuck is going on? And this girl was like interviewing us and I couldn't hear a fucking word <laughs> she was saying. But on the video, it doesn't sound like anything. It was it was crazy. She so.
1: wants to talk to me about my band? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I had no answer. I couldn't even answer why our name was playing dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, cool. Thank you for doing this. Uh, we're going to go Thanks watch Grudge Holder do their reunion tension all right cool thank you thanks